Welcome to the sixth episode of the Hoover City Schools Student Wellbeing Podcast, the Roots and Wings Podcast. My name is Brian Rogers and I'm a licensed professional counselor here with the Hoover City Schools. This is our monthly podcast, Roots and Wings. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This podcast is meant to be a resource for parents tasked with raising resilient and courageous children in a world with great uncertainty at times. It's simply a monthly conversation focusing on relevant issues facing parents and guardians today. Our time together is comprised of mental health professionals from throughout the district. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. We hope you find it helpful and encourage you to tell your friends about it and leave us feedback by emailing us at the address in the episode notes. Today with me I have Catherine Stewart, District Interventionist. Catherine, glad you could join us. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Jeff Singer, Administrator with Crossroads School here in the Hoover City Schools District. Glad to be here. Thank you. So our topic today is helping our children deal with stress and anxiety. And during these times, the prevalence of that uh, has been at the forefront of kind of the discussion, both in the media and things we've seen personally at home. Um, The prevalence of it starts very early. I mean, we see it, think about, I've seen it in my own family. Remember those days of preschool when I had to, you know, peel my daughter off my leg sometimes because of the separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. And... You know, what helps with that? What's the easiest way? What do you got to do when that happens? You got to just let them go and walk away. It's hard, especially with the first one. It is. And typically within five minutes, if you look back in the window, as most parents do, they're playing. <laughs> they've totally gotten over it. You may be completely wrecked for the day. That's but, right. <laughs> but they've completely moved on. <laughs> Before coming here, I was an administrator in elementary school. And one of the things that we did was we received our, our kids from the car. <laughs> and that would create the separation and the kids would go into the room. Now we had a little waiting area for parents and it was a sip and cry or something we had. But for the most part, the kids would, would make the separation at the, at the car, go into the room, see peers, and begin their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you're right, it ha- you have to make that separation. It's important. Well, and it's hard not just for the kids, but for the adults. True, Especially true. the first time Very around. true, very By true. By the third, we're falling out. Yeah. We're true. <laughs> Down the highway. Very true. All the way through adolescence, you know, you think about the challenges of middle school and forming their identity and, and their place and, and who they are uh, on, on to adolescence and the increasing challenges and, and concerns that they have. Uh, the CDC actually says 7.1% of children ages 3 to 17 have been diagnosed with anxiety. And that's, that's important to say diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's only ones that, that have seen a doctor and been diagnosed with it. Right. But that makes up 4.4 million children. That, that is wow. a lot. That's a lot. And, and you're right. Those are the ones that diagnosed. There are probably another, geez, double that yeah. at wow. least that have not been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And then only 6 in 10 of those receive treatment for it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a very prevalent issue. And even if it's not a diagnosis of anxiety, just the stress um, that they face day in and day out uh, has increased a lot from, you know, even decades past. True. Um, so where does it come from? What is stress? Basically, stress is a function of the demands placed on a person and the resources they have to meet those demands. And everybody's different in it. What I might find is stressful, someone else might not. They might just breeze on right. through and, and it not be an issue. But everyone's different. I think the, impositive, the important thing is that the positive coping strategies that we can teach and encourage in our children really helps minimize those stresses. And that's, that's good to know because it's not like, well, it is what it is. But there's things we can do to encourage that, and um, that's absolutely correct. It. And it's it's important that we do teach our children 
um, because without the healthy or positive coping skills, what we are seeing more of is kids turning to some really unhealthy coping skills um, or unhealthy ways that they are dealing with their stress that can uh, be really detrimental to them. You made me think one of the things that I read when we're reaching out to uh, students who I call youngins when they come here to the alternative school, when reaching out to the youngins and in my initial message to them, one of the things that I share is although you can't control the situation, you can control your response to it. And I encourage them to make sure that they're in control of their emotions and not allow their emotions to control them. So with that, with stress, uh, making sure that you come up with those strategies, those de-escalating strategies that might help calm or at least get to closer to that place uh, where you can, uh, I tell my kids, and, and we have our own little adage, sometimes you have to work and they finish with through the, through the pain. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is to help you work through that pain, to help you get through that process. Uh, is going to be beneficial. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I, as I was getting information ready for this podcast, I was thinking how it ties into the past ones we've had, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's social media, yes. whether it's family connections, all of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good that we get to come together and have this discussion. Um, so where, where does it come from? What are the roots of stress in kids? Uh, first, it comes from outside sources and within. The outside sources include family, friends, school, and think of all the pressures in school. I mean, it's it's really incredible. It's huge. And it used to be I saw a lot of um, parents putting pressures on kids. And what I have seen in these last 15, 16 years of being in the school system is a lot of um, self-imposed mm -hmm. pressure. So, yes, you do still have a lot of parents that put a lot of pressures on their children. But I've seen more kids putting that pressure on themselves you know to be that you know one out of 600 in their class or you know they're so much more aware of those standings now where like when i went to high school oh, yeah. i couldn't tell you today <laughs> what number i was on the but you know they are aware of that and, and that can be really difficult for kids that do struggle but here's the thing, they're not going to remember in 20 years either. They, they <laughs> won't, but currently yes, they do. Yes, you know, exactly. It's a deal. In the moment, it's, it's tough. It's a deal, yeah. You know, before going into administration, I was a classroom teacher at a middle school. And one of the things that I noticed, uh, after te taught all grade levels within middle school, seventh grade was the most uh, intricate grade because there were a lot of, of changes that were occurring. So you saw a lot of the stresses, whether it be uh, physical, social, what have you. But all of them were striving to find their sense of, of, of place and space. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, you, and you're exactly right, in that moment, whether it had been he or she broke up with me or that big test coming up, how to work through those, those, those areas of pain was crucial in trying to impart on them those de-escalating strategies, those coping skills to try to help them for this crisis in this moment mm -hmm. at this time because that the beauty of it is and I'm hoping that they remember is when they uh, when they encounter another crisis or another mountain before them they can think back on how they made it through that that previous instance mm -hmm. and apply some of those strategies. Mm -hmm. Well, then I think about extracurriculars. Uh, my daughter plays, she's 10 years old and plays on a competitive soccer league, and they're talking about tryouts, and, you know, the coaches call you back after 72 hours, and it's like you're getting drafted in the NFL at age 10. It's, yeah. It's kind of, it, it was making me stressed yes. just listening to them talk yes. about it last night. Um, but th that's the world they live in. And then social media, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's comparing themselves to someone else. All right. They're, they're, 
they feel like they're being judged by how many likes they have. Mm. And then at, since everything is on social media, you know, if there's a party going on you weren't invited mm. to, you see it. It's not like when we were growing up. You, right. didn't, you didn't know so-and-so got a party or whatever. Like, they see all the things that they're not a part of. And that really um, can cause a lot of anxiety and stress in kids. And then internally, you know, when when that idea of what we feel like we should be doesn't match up to where we are, that gap in between the two um, mm-hmm. really creates stress and anxiety for kids because they think they should be at this level where they, they're, again, compared to their peers or even in their mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about this during uh, during our COVID work from home. Uh, kids that were virtual and, and chose to do that, sometimes they'd get a little bit behind and then a little bit more behind. And before you know it, holy cow, I'm in such a hole. What do I do? And it just snowballs and builds, and they and that they, becomes more anxious yeah. because then they yes. Am I going to graduate? Am I going to the next grade? What's right. going on? Uh, how do I get out of this? Do my parents even know? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep that secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, with something you mentioned about uh, being snowball and becoming bigger than they, it's important to try to touch base with them and help them realize that it's not one. It's not a total loss, even though if it, it, it's a huge mountain before you, it doesn't seem it, it can't. It doesn't necessarily mean that you just stop mm-hmm. so again working through the pain you have to work through and see how much you can accomplish within that so that maybe you don't complete it all but when you have to start that next year or what have you there's not as much to to to, to work through mm-hmm. because you've done some during the time that was remaining right. just helping keep everything in perspective and breaking it down so. exactly well exactly. that perspective is a big thing i tell kids sometimes when they have conflict with another student or someone in their grade, I said, I have a mug on my desk at home of everyone I graduated with, and I know that was 100 years ago <laughs> to them, but I could probably pick out six or seven names that I could put a face with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Absolutely. at the time, we think, oh, they're going to be with us forever, these people, <laughs> you know. That's right. right. But You're life right. moves on, and that's mm-hmm. just part of it, too. It's that bigger perspective. Right. Um, so when we look at where it comes from and, and the roots of it all, you know, it's physical for us. You know, some are just wired to have more sensitive nervous systems and respond dif- differently. Again, that's why some can, can cope with uh, challenges better than others. Um, for some, it's learned behavior. Uh, I remember this uh, when, when I saw an example of someone who um, child fell on the playground and, and right away they swoop in and pick them up and hug them. And, uh, but, but before that, I notice I look over to the child before the parent even swoops in and they're mm-hmm. looking to see if the parent saw them. Yep. If they didn't react, <laughs> life goes on and back on. Right. But because of that, they've learned now that, oh, if I react that way, guess what? I get hugged and picked up and doted over. Coddled a little bit. I get yeah. some ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so, a bad dad. I just tell them work through the well, work through the pain. That, that's You're kinda, good. Let's, um, let's move approach. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think in this day and age, we're also more aware of trauma. So many kids have been through trauma experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not in the the huge sense of where, but but even smaller traumas that they experience, and that makes their uh, nervous systems a little more sensitive to that. That's how they coped with it. Well, sure. their brains are wired for anxiety when when you have trauma like that, and so. What happens is they're always on guard. You know, we have a lot of kids in our school system and in society that kind of live their day always mm-hmm. waiting for the next thing mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and that has a lot of ramifications uh, in the classroom and uh, in the community on how they handle their stress. Um, and even that view that someone's out to get me, you know, because right. I've seen that before. You right. know, I've been... I've been <laughs> on the other side of it, mm-hmm. that it's going to happen again, and mm-hmm. they tell themselves that story. 
So just thinking about what you said, those 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 students, those 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 youngins, I call them young. <laughs> they never have a typical day because they're always mm. almost waiting, a figurative looking over their shoulder. That's right. Wow. That's right. They're all, you know, somebody described it to me like this: if you're at the edge of a cliff, um, students that have had significant trauma are always on that edge Mm -hmm. waiting to teeter one way or the other they're always like that so even in sleep they're they don't completely every ever relax you know and so you know that's just important to be aware of yeah yeah and then environmentally kids nowadays are so very over scheduled i think maybe COVID did help with that a little bit because it pulled back some of the extracurriculars Mm -hmm. for safety Mm -hmm. but we're going to get back into that same uh, boat soon enough. Uh, also lack of quiet and unstructured time. That's the time when kids learn to be creative and just kind of can get uh, inside their own head a little bit, but um, that, that that's not there a lot of times. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's go, go, go from the time you get up till you well, know, you're, you're on. finishing practice at 9 always. o'clock. And right. You're always, always on. on. And, and, and always social media causes that too. Oh, so yeah. I hate to say like when we were growing up, because I'm sure <laughs> there were tons of problems then too, but you know, when we got home from school, we unplugged from school, right? We unplugged from most of our friends, except those that were in our neighborhoods um, that we got to go outside and play with. Uh, and the only time we talked with somebody was on a phone that you was on a wall. So now they never really get to unplug mm-hmm. because they've got that, that phone or the Chromebook or whatever that they are in constant contact with. So, you know, it's, it is very different. It is. And it, and it, with different with different priorities, different mm-hmm. challenges. Different challenges. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned, I know the focus is for kids and youngins, but you, you, you spoke of how maybe on the weekends, once they were gone, kids were gone from school, they were disconnected. But it, it, it holds true for parents as well. Absolutely. Parents were disconnected. Uh, once they left work for the weekend, they were they were off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not that sense of always, you know, they, they didn't have that sense of always on. And and, and parents nowadays I'm, and kids see do. That. And kids see right. that. And so as you're, as you're talking, it's reminding me to, to, you know, make sure that I'm tempering my responses on the weekends when I'm when, when I'm supposed to be off but maybe you know in, <laughs> right. indirectly on and how I communicate with my, my family being present right oh, yeah, exactly. presence. that is key and then I think you know again to, to state that COVID is that layer on top of all of this um, there's been this significant sense of fear uh, that someone might contract COVID mm-hmm. uh, that they uh, that there might have been financial impacts for the family and, and Catherine you were saying that you that, that's definitely it. Yes, I've um, experienced a good many families this year, you know, just the basic needs, the uh, where are they going to live, maybe losing mm. their house because of financial or not having that food. Yeah. Um, so many resources, we, we're lucky to have resources in our community to help with, a, with these things, but just as a family member and a child being in a family mm-hmm. that the parent is stressed to the max just trying to get these needs met for their children. Well, then the navigate children feel, the system is stressful. Oh, uh, navigating <laughs> the system, and I'm a social worker, been well. doing this yeah. for 26 years. Sure. I have become stressed this year because with everything, so many needs are out yeah. there that a lot of the agencies that provide help are running out yeah. of, of what they can give as well. And so... The students that I'm dealing with that are having to deal with this, it's, wow. it's you know, the anxiety is huge. 
You know, Mr. Rogers, you mentioned about how COVID has impacted and maybe added additional stresses. And it just occurred to me for, for many of our students uh, and families alike, it, it, may, it probably impacted their roles. Mm. You know, normally some can separate home and school. Your home was your school for mm. many. And sometimes, you know, big brother would also have to be... Child care provider. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Brother mm. daddy or, or what have you. So a lot of the roles may have merged uh, during this season, during this time, and adding additional stresses. Yeah. Uh, so it's even more important to come up with those strategies that would help to de-escalate the, the, the mountain before them. Well, then there was the quarantines, you know, close contact quarantines. My together kids a lot. Went through that. Yeah. <laughs> had to be had to be home a lot. Then then as a parent, you're figuring out childcare and, and how that's going to work. And uh, and then it, just illness and deaths. There's been so many more deaths this year. It's 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 just been challenging for right. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important too that we remember that stress is in the mind of the beholder. Uh, <laughs> it's important for us not to minimize what kids are going through or what they consider stressful because what might not seem significant to us could in their mind you know we have to be careful not to dismiss that absolutely i tell parents and teachers and myself some as well all right. the time that um their perception is their reality and we have to meet uh kids where they are you know regardless of what what we may know as adults that oh that it's really not that big of a deal. Well, mm-hmm. it is to that yeah, child. At the, at that so we have to meet them there and and help them through that. Exactly. Exactly. So all we can do is just listen, let them know we understand, <laughs> give them that hug, not try and fix the problem, not try and have all the answers, uh, and, and just be there for them. Uh, it's also important to remember that that physical impact that we uh, place on ourselves helps our mental health. Uh, when we're physically in a deficit, our mental health is challenged by it, but also when we put pump into it, when we're having good nutrition, staying hydrated, getting proper sleep, it's going to benefit. And we talk about sleep a good bit you here. Know, I was getting ready to chime in. Sleep is so important, and I think we all take it for granted. Your body goes through a lot as you're sleeping to help replenish, recoup, and, and, and revitalize for the next day. So it, it, it's very important to get your rest so that you can mentally disconnect from all the social media, yeah. electronics, and all the other other issues going on in the world so that you can recharge your, yourself uh, physically, mentally to be prepared for the next day. And, and speaking on that, you know, one of the things that I have found is yes, our students aren't getting enough sleep, but beyond that, when they are laying down to get some rest, mm-hmm. their brains cannot shut yeah. off. Mm-hmm. They, Especially they if are the go- device is present. They are mm-hmm. going, going, going about what I didn't do, what I did do. Did I finish this oh, thing? Yeah. Did I not finish this thing? Oh, my gosh, my parents are fighting. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, anxiety can really impact sleep as well. I think it's also important that we just have some of that unstructured time. You know, play is so important. Even in... in that interaction, that relationship you have, uh, board game, just watching mm-hmm. funny movies together, doing things where you're physically present with them benefits. Uh, that time spent is like putting money in the bank for that relationship, and, and they see it. And again, it pulls them away from all the other distractions that maybe they have at the time. Uh, routine and schedule is important because that supports them during challenging times and times of uncertainty. I always stress family dinners together because sometimes that's the one time when you can have conversation right about not controversial right i was gonna say (laughs) try to make dinner time a positive time not don't focus on what 
Johnny did or did not do that day, right? And and try not to make it a confrontational time or a consequence given time because that's really where you need to have those positive conversations and um, get some information about how everybody's day went. And if it if the kids' uh, perception of dinner time is well, that's just when mom and dad are going to get on to me. <laughs> yeah, that is raised. not going to yeah. be set up to be a very fun positive time <laughs> and when you set it up to be non-confrontational it is very interesting to hear the thoughts that come out of the heads of, mm. of, 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 of your children <laughs> you know that they, they but sometimes oftentimes i find they're very insightful and very aware and, and that's in, that's all you would want that's all you could want as a parent uh but to have that time that's disarming and and, and to have genuine conversation authentic conversations with your family uh, especially with your children, that, that it's, it's enlightening. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're setting the tone for their future because sure. they're going to remember back to how it was when they were and, mm-hmm. and maybe have that how it is going forward. Um, I think it's also important to remember that some levels of stress and anxiety are normal. We all got stressful things in our lives. Holy yeah, cow. Well, and they can be positive. Getting married is stressful. <laughs> Buying a new house is yeah. stressful. Graduating, Graduating is stressful. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in life, it's not just about the negative stresses. Mm-hmm. It's about the positive ones, too. Because sometimes it's that uncertainty. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, we, we say one constant of life is change. Mm-hmm. And in there, within that is a certain level of uncertainty. How do you handle How do you mm-hmm. cope with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that'll make the difference, and it's how you respond to that uh, situation and, and, and the emotions associated with it that, mm-hmm. that can be the game changer. Yeah. And that's what we do. We let them know it's okay to be however they are in that moment. You know, they can be angry, they can be scared, they can be lonely, they can be anxious. Sometimes they might even have the words for it, but sure. let them know it's okay to just be there and that change is just a part of life, but it's also something that affects us in lots of different it's ways. Natural process. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a few do's and don'ts. Uh, so, the goal to uh, isn't to eliminate all anxiety or stress. We can't do that. Not possible. <laughs> There's always going to be anxiety. So as much as change is a constant, mm-hmm. so is stressors. Absolutely. So our goal, rather, is to manage that stress. Uh, removing stressors and triggers can be helpful. Um, maybe the way we talk about things. But building up some stress tolerance is, is a great skill that we can teach our kids. Um, I like that term, stress tolerance. And, and the reminder that, that uh, stress can be managed. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we make yeah. it so big, it, it, we make it to be so big, so much, so big, and, and maybe even bigger than us, that we forget sometimes that we can manage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are techniques and strategies that, that go along with doing so. And that you remind them of the resilience they have inside. Absolutely. Them. You know, I love that, that we're just, you know, wonderfully created mm-hmm. inside of us. We have this ability to cope with a lot of challenging things that we got going on kind of reminding them like what worked in the past you know what has worked for you tell me a time when you were really stressed out and how did you work through that reminding them that they did they did work through that last mountain that last pain how did you work through Mm -hmm. it well i've heard it described as riding that wave of anxiety um and encouraging to push on through it Uh, the hardest part is right before we do something that's when we feel the anxiety it's that build up it's the when we're doing it you actually are going, okay, it's not as bad as I made it out. Because our right. minds are always going to do that. They're going to make it out worse than it you know, possibly was sure. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time. So we encourage them to do that. Ride that wave of anxiety. And then maybe even talk about it at the end. You know, Later on. Not right away, but a little bit down the road. That might be one of those dinnertime conversations. What was, what was good about that experience? Uh, and also model healthy behaviors yourself. As much as we talk about eating well and staying hydrated and, and getting exercise... Uh, do that yourself, um, and also watch the words you use. If if you're mm. talk, if you're on that cell phone and complaining to 
to your person that you talk to as a resource and they hear all the stressful things going on sometimes they feed off that so they pick up on it for sure definite message there Um, and there are things we can do we've we've said that several times today Um, one of those is is promoting mindfulness I think in in counseling as counselors we do that a good bit reminding that we can't change the future we can't change the past all we've got is this minute that we're in right now and that being connected to that ties us to our our mind and our body mm-hmm. you know and it reminds us one way you can do that is through breathing mm-hmm. you know when you breathe you just take in a deep breath hold it for a few seconds and exhale it connects your mind and body well and two one of the things i love to do with um some of the the students i work with is have them write a list of everything that they're you know they're so stressed out it's, mm-hmm. it's a big deal and so I have them write down the things that they're stressed out about and then we look at what are the things on this list you can control and mm-hmm. what are the things on this list you have no control over mm-hmm. and most of the time once we go through and ask that question there may be two things on the list that they can control like um, I want to make a good grade on you know I have a test tomorrow mm-hmm. okay well you are in control of that you can study yeah. you can get a good night's sleep you can eat breakfast you know, or one of them might be my parents are fighting and may get divorced. You don't have any control Can't over control that, right? right? So really helping them bring, a, bring a, um, a list that's huge down to a very manageable place right. to handle. That breathing really slows down your body, too. It's hard to be hard to yes. continue to be stressed when you're breathing deeply and, and releasing. It actually slows your heart rate. Mm-hmm. It slows your central nervous system down and puts you in a much better place. Well, you know, Brian, the, the whole thing is when we're experiencing stress and anxiety, our bodies release a hormone. We all, we all have this. And they're yucky hormones. And so the goal, right, is to get rid of those hormones. Yeah. Breathing helps with that. Doing these exercises of what you can control what you can't control physical activity physical activity yeah Yeah, it gets rid of it and that is the goal because if we don't get rid of that those yucky hormones then that's when you see uh people use unhealthy coping skills drugs alcohol and healthy relationships things that we've talked about in our podcast (laughs) before so you can't control the hormones being released, but you can control how you how you get rid of them how or how you, you address them. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. And, and that physical activity is a good one. You know, get disconnected. We've talked about that connection and, and, and the presence it's had in our lives, but getting outside, getting out in nature. Uh, there's a great book called Last Child in the Woods by Richard Louvre, and he talks about nature deficit disorder, NDD, because <laughs> kids just don't have that experience. Uh, I love to go to Oak Mountain and just walk some of their trails, and it just slows your something about the bipedal motion of walking and, and getting out in nature and and being connected to that really is a good stress relief, and it, it helps with that hormone release, like you said. A um, couple more resources that we always like to share. One one is some advice uh, that my wife's college advisor gave her one time. It said, "Don't plan for stress." Again, we can't control the future. Our mind is going to make it out much worse, and we're going to think of every obstacle in the way. Um, and and we really can't plan for that. I talk to kids about having a five-year rule when they're stressed about something. Uh, I say, you know, for example, if it's a quiz in math that they they're stressed about, five years from now, are you going to even remember about that algebra quiz that you mm-hmm. had? You're not. And it's, mm-hmm. it's that bigger perspective. It builds bigger perspectives that down the road, you know, we'll have other challenges then. Right. Let's let's deal with this. It doesn't minimize their, their concern, but it lets them know that 
you're going to overcome it. And I think using the words like that in a positive way really helps. Mm-hmm. You know, just let me back up a minute. When you said don't plan for stress, a thought came into <laughs> my head that my mom has taught us or, or told us all these years, don't borrow trouble. You know, don't you know? Worrying, um, good South Georgia wor- advice. That's right. <laughs> worrying does not help anybody. No, it it's doesn't. never made things better. If it did, we'd be teaching you how to worry, right? right. Um, it, it doesn't. <laughs> and she's always said, you know, don't borrow trouble. Don't, mm. like you said, don't plan for stress. Yeah, right. But we do all the time because you know we got enough of it without that. Yeah. <laughs> so. That is so true. Our school counselors here in the district are also a great resource. Not only do they have books and activities that are helpful, some of the schools have small groups that they have going on uh, for kids that maybe struggle with stress and anxiety, but they're also a great reference for outside therapists who they know and have worked with that they can um, tell you about for for more information. Absolutely. Uh, Outside therapists are great because they can do cognitive behavioral therapy and and maybe even medication that hand-in-hand can be very effective when used consistently. Mm -hmm. You know, Mr. Rogers and Ms. Stewart, one thing that, as we're mentioning uh, counselors and therapists, one thing I want youngins and students to remember is when you're having these feelings of anxiety and stress, don't keep it bound Mm -hmm. and keep it to yourself. It's okay to seek out assistance. Oftentimes, I tell youngins who who are exiting here uh, to find at least two adults on the base site with whom they connect because it may be one of those moments of stress or anxiety that they may seek them out and share out and talk and need to talk. If if we if they if our youngins or students or listeners get nothing else from this this conversation, just be reminded that it's okay. Number one, to feel the stress and anxiety, and it's okay. To seek assistance and help to with reach that. out exactly Absolutely. because sometimes issues may be bigger than we and that's when we have others around us who can help so seek out those who are able to help you and that's the true blessing of our, our district there are so many compassionate caring adults in all of our schools that kids can go to because right. it might not be the teacher it might not be the counselor it could be the coach it could be the custodian it could be anybody mm-hmm. but, exactly. but there mm-hmm. are people that are there and can get them connected to the resources they need and that students connect and gravitate towards whomever mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're right we are blessed to be in a, in a district where all of those persons could be that key go-to person that's true um, well I think this has been a great discussion I think that you know the one positive is that stress and anxiety is something we can manage there are a lot of good resources out there and I think that um, you know, this has been very productive. I right. hope that everyone uh, can take something away from this discussion. Look in our episode notes um, for further resources and information. I'm going to share our emails in there, so if you want to reach out, you can do that. Uh, our next podcast in May is going to be on Mental Health Awareness Month. In addition to that podcast, we're going to be sharing a number of great resources through our district social media platforms, and I hope those can be a great resource for you. Uh, Mr. Singer, Ms. Stewart, thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Always a good thing.